Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Okay. <laughs> Hi, Rieko. Hi, Rieko. Hi, Lori. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Rand. Hi, Rand. Hi, Rand. Good morning. Good afternoon, yeah. wherever you are in the world. Let's see. Morning for me. <laughs> Obviously, a West Coaster. Yes. So, Lori, what part of uh, West Coast are you in? I'm in Wyoming. Wow. <laughs> you are in the West. Cool. <laughs> I am. How about you? I'm in Eugene, Oregon, so over here towards oh. the coast. Okay. Yes, yes. Had relatives in there. Do you? You got relatives in Eugene? Yes, I do, but I, they're uh, distant cousins now, so I couldn't even tell you their last names. Ah. <laughs> well. But, yep. My grandfather's sister moved up there and then established family up there, and then there are still, you know, like her daughter, and she was married to a surgeon there, and... Uh, um, and then they had a family, and then it spread out from there. You got some roots there. Got some I, roots. I was a couple minutes late. Did I, did I miss the praying? Did I? No, we haven't prayed in yet. Okay. There weren't very many people here, just like one, and then two, and then three, and now six. I <laughs> missed it. Okay, thank you. Yes. We normally wait till 20 after, so that gives people five minutes to get on, and then then we pray in. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the Saturday when I've been busy with my car broke yesterday. So I, <laughs> I, I want to hear all about that car. <laughs> Uh. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Carla. Hi, everybody. We have purple shirts today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, three of you. Yes. With the V. I guess it is a V. <laughs> How beautiful. Do you want me to go change? Me too. I'm going to go change. <laughs> wait, wait. My flower. I see purple. Oh, yeah. It is purple. So, okay. I'm in. I'm in, Ronnie, still. Rand? Well, I guess I need to go change. <laughs> I have my bumblebee outfit on today. <laughs> Let, let's see it, Rand. Well, it's my yellow springs outfit. Oh, Ronnie, you have your picture in the background that's purple. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi, Tracy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Mm -hmm. 
have to try that again. It is Bumblebee. Okay, it's 20 after, shall we? Which one of you? Who's volunteering? Maybe I should, because I've been here a long time, okay? All right, I can't mute everybody out, so if you please self-mute so I pray. So willing. We are all here showing our willingness, our willingness to be open to the truth of who we are, of light and love that we are shining in the world. So willing and so grateful for all the opportunities, all the opportunities offered each day to grow, grow in awareness, choose love, and live life more fully from the heart in abundance, in truth. And we notice the blocks, we notice Thoughts, identification, we just notice them and we let go of exactly the identification of them the, and know and live more fully in a realization of truth of who we are. And we share all that love all that joy, all that blessing that we are with everyone because we are one. Amen. Amen, Carla. Amen. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Carla. Thank you for giving the opportunity. So I've been doing a lot of yard work in the last week, the last four days. And I did a lot of pruning, and I've just been doing a little bit of a, a thought process on what my yard looks like in certain areas and what um, in the areas that are uh, neglected how it is dry and needed some grooming and some trimming trees pine trees kept some of the corners not watered and it just really has me think about my life and our lives about our spiritual lives and just that it's like I've got some oh I've got a gorgeous front of, of my house, but because the water's not reaching it, boy, there's some lots of dry twigs. And so I've been pruning. And as I've been pruning, I've been thinking about our, our, my path and how life spiritually is like that, is if we don't 
nurture. And if we don't fertilize the certain parts of us that we would, we desire, then um, life is no longer in those areas. And so I've been fervently like getting up early in the morning, looking at my sprinkler system, seeing how it's reaching. But as, as I'm doing uh, detailed work on it, I'm just thinking about that in the spiritual sense where the breakdowns are the, to me, are the, the deadness of some of the areas that haven't been reached by uh, water systems. And so um, just to how, um, how I relate to it is I had a breakdown with my brother on Sunday and he hung up on me. We had gotten into the same rabbit hole conversation that we've been in for the last eight months since my father passed away. And, um, and how, how do you nurture something that's like dead? How do you put water on something that is, seems to be un, 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 not saved? How do you find the fertilizer to do that? Uh, to, to help in my situation with my brother. So I just thought I'd share that with you, that it's just a really interesting, there, there, so there's hope for those plants that are half dead. And there's hope for my brother and I. <laughs> but I have to find the right fertilizer. And, you know, it is the spiritual qualities, I think. You know, the love and the abundance and the harmony and the peace and the joy and the clarity. Um, and so I'm stuck. I still haven't found the fertilizer uh, as far as to reach out to him, to nurture it so that our relationship could be a one, you know, a harmon- harmonious one where there's beauty. As And so, um, yeah, so I've been doing some healing work in the garden. That's a good thing. So I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed to have a yard and to have this. I I love flowers. I always have. And I've just gotten so busy with my, um, I, I go to Idaho, which is about two and a half hours away. And so I've just gotten too busy to pay attention. And so when we get too busy to pay attention to our relationships, how do we recover them? Just like I've recovered my yard. So thank you Lori that's beautiful I, I, I really um, I'm, I'm really um, gleaning something from that I appreciate your sharing it's beautiful thank you, thank you. Uh, Lori I don't see your relationship with your brother is dead this may be dormant oh I like that. So it's like a winter. It's like a winter, but spring is coming for it. You know, in the garden metaphor, spring is coming. There's there's this beautiful tree that I can look out on and do look out on every single day. And my my neighbor shared with me that she thinks of the tree as as a being. And I have come to agree with that. Okay, so this it's a magnificent beautiful tall really tall beautiful full tree and right now she's in her glory i mean just green and huge but i love watching the seasons because it teaches me so much it's amazing in january it looks she looks completely dead 
There's no leaves on the branches. It's all gray and just branches. And, and then it's amazing in the spring how quickly I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I try to notice her every single day and have a little conversation with her. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're sending the love to each other, you know, but, um, I'll, I'll like, maybe I'll miss a day of like really looking close. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden there's all these little leaves and then it's, she's completely in her glory. So yeah, I just second that. It's, um, I, I, I get so much encouragement from that tree. <laughs> when you were um, sharing that, Laurie, I was thinking of the exercise we did a couple of weeks ago in the class about I want, I need, I would like and then the deep desire of my heart, when, especially when you said, I have to find the right fertilizer. And then I thought, oh, well, she would like to find the right fertilizer. Ah, oh, the deep desire of her heart is to have a loving relationship with her brother. And um, I found that exercise for me very helpful because I've always had... No, I'm not going to say always, because up until now, <laughs> I've had uh, a difficult time with the deep desire of the heart. But doing it that way really helped me kind of feel it. So but I just thought I'd share that. Thank you. I got um, moved last Sunday. Um, I know it was spirit all night long. I was moved, and so I called my brother, and... And, um, you know, he's just got, it's just splitting up things and items. It's not even money splitting it up. It's just the house items. And um, I thought, oh, I'm going to call him and I'm going to tell him he can have whatever he wants. And, and we did not go to that point at all. We didn't get there because we just, he just goes to the point where he's like, I won't get anything. I don't get anything. I don't get anything. And I've got him as the biggest spoiledest younger brother ever. Like, it's so funny how he says he doesn't get anything. And I have this vision of how he gets everything. It's not, it's so funny because we're just at odd ends. You know, we, we're going to give him a dad's house and we're going to pay it off for him to live in. And the will says you have to come up with the money yourself. And he can't come up with the money. So we have sold a land. We're going to give it to him. So I said, he goes, you guys aren't doing anything for me. And you're not giving anything to me. And, and it's just so weird. It was so, it is so, um, I, I guess it's so mind-blowing to me to have him not think. I said, don't you think it's generous at all? Don't you think we're doing anything for you? Not at all. Not one thing. Don't you think paying off the house? No. That had the, the property that's, you know, he just went on and then hung up on me. And I just, I just go to blame and for me, I don't even blame him. I blame me. Oh, I brought that up again. Oh, I know that's a rabbit hole that doesn't work for our conversation. And then I went into two or three days of just, I can't get it right, you know, all that stuff. And 
And so when I was in the yard doing the yard work, it was more of a, like you say, Sandy, um, putting it on the altar as a divine experiment. But mm-hmm. I've been working on it. But when I when I am around him, I feel like I just should bang my head against the wall instead of face it. Because it's so similar to, you know, all the past. So that's kind of where I am right now is, okay, do I call him again? And... And what do I say? And I just want to add one more thing. Um, So when I talked to my sister about it, she said, I don't care. She said, you never have to have that conversation with him again. He said, I don't care what he gets as long as I have harmony. And so she was doing a virtue. I mean, she was doing a spiritual quality that is, she just said, you know, it's, you, you don't have to worry about this. You just figure out how you can have peace with him. And um, and so that's where I've been standing. It's just, okay, how do I get peace in my, my heart to connect? So I don't know if anybody has a, a struggle with any of their relatives. Well, I have something that's about my, it's not about my family. I think we can always equate everything's, however it appears, it's always the same thing, I think. I wasn't going to share this in the MLC2 community call, but I think it's perfect that you're bringing this up, right? So, it's a little story. So I had this this fairly new car, it's like three months old, and it's been beeping for like two months, and it seems fine. And I let it go, and I realize there's something wrong with the steering, that I can't go on the highways anymore. I need to do something. And I had jury duty Monday and Tuesday, and I holiday Wednesday, and I forgot about it. I'm like thinking Friday, oh, I got to do something about this. And then... I was at Taco Bell, actually, when I thought this thought, and I was leaving, and the steering went totally. It went totally out. And if it had happened on the highway, if it had happened, who knows what could have happened. I'm not only going to think about it, but my mind does want to go to those places, right? But I'm like, I am not thinking about that. I want to focus on the gratitude for what happened right what did happen that i just backed up in the in the um the parking space at taco bell and i'm like just feeling the gratitude and they called trip away they're going to come tow me right and i'm like i am staying in this gratitude it's like this this thing come up i kind of need to find it about staying in the moment of my high resolve does anybody recognize that? Yes. Where is that? I need to I look for it in the MLC 3 book, but I didn't see it. But anyhow, um, so I'm sitting there like so grateful. And then I call up AAA, and they said they'll be there in like, it's kind of maybe um, an hour. And then they said 35 minutes, and they didn't get there in 35 minutes. I'm like, Okay, I'm still in gratitude. I'm still staying there. I'm not going to leave here. 
And, um, and then they said, oh, there's, cause, you know, I guess it was Friday. I don't know why, but they said it's going to take longer than we anticipated. They called me back and they said it'll be like five after five. And as I called up at like quarter to four or something. And so, and time goes by and nothing, nobody ever shows up. And I'm like, I am still determined to stay in my gratitude, right? And then he called me back again. He says, where are you? The guy's there. I go, he's not here. I'm, I'm it. And I told him again where I was. And he goes, oh, we sent him to the wrong place. And so that, at that moment, I started losing that resolve to stay in that gratitude because I get, and I'm getting caught up in this story that I called up the mechanic and they were busy. So I called somebody else and I'm busy till five, till five 30 and he'll be there till six. And I'm like, it looks like all, cause of all this stuff, all this stuff is happening for me to stay in my resolve. And I can see it, but I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel, so I asked for help. I, now even then, I couldn't feel it, but I just kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. This is what I'm determined to do. That I am, and the guy gets there, and I called another mechanic. I said, yeah, it looks like I'm not going to get there by six. I said, if you, I'm on my way right now. We have the car hooked up. I don't know how long until I get there, but it was like quarter to six. I think it was going to be, we get there till 6.15, but I said, look, if I understand totally if you need to go because you're already, you know, staying longer, but I'm just letting you know that I'm coming. And so, and, and you know what? I whole way there, I was feeling this tension and I was like, just breathe, just breathe, asking for help. Is letting it go. It's what we tell ourselves in the mind. And that's what I noticed is when I start telling myself the mechanic's going to be there and everything's wrong, I start getting upset. Yeah. And as soon as I start saying, I, what I want to do, I want to be calm. I want to trust that everything's happening exactly as it needs to happen for my awakening, for the car is helping me awaken. Amazing. <laughs> so grateful to the car, you know, grateful for the trip away and grateful for, and I tell you, I tried, I actually called the guy twice to complain about nobody's here yet. And I got a recording. I'm like, oh, this is my, this is telling me not to do it, not to do it. So I hung up both times, but I went there. It seemed like I went to that place, but I remembered. So that's what I hear from you. You, It's challenging in the moment. Sometimes we forget for a second, a minute, an hour, a day. I don't think it happens for me much anymore. But, but lean into the times you remember. You know? That's all I did. So I wasn't planning on telling the story. But was it helpful? It was really helpful. And what I got out of it is just simply when I'm speaking to my brother, I'm not, I am 
I saw, I felt this as I, you were talking, that I'm actually get, trying to get him to buy into my side of the story. Mm. I could stay in a gratitude or really focus that I'm just, you know, really focused on um, uh, this is a, this is up for healing. This is a perfect conversation. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for, and just keep myself in the present, present, present moment instead of trying to go to the old past emotions that I've been going to. I've got this alarm in the back of my head and um, it goes off and then I don't know what to do with it. So I go to my old self. Ah, I go to my, not my higher self, but my old self of judgment and, and trying to get the outcome that, because I, all I'm trying to do is get him to buy into, he's safe. We're not taking anything. We will, we will make sure it's equal and we love him. That's what I want to get across. And I know spirit's been guiding me because he wants me to come and help him make a pie because mother taught me how. And so he wants to do mother's way of her, the pie. And so I think, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go make an apple pie with him. And uh, if I'm in my yard, I'm thinking, oh, he could help me make a window box. So, I mean, I'm starting to find the common ground of how we could connect. But then, um, and so I, I know Spirit's been guiding me on this, on this. And yet, it's the challenge that's coming up, like all the rest of the challenges, but it's for my learning and it's for his learning and it will work out. And I have to keep that in mind. Did you get your car there at 615? He was still there. I was, uh, was well, he said he'd stay till 6 and 615 is there. And I was like, I just, I wasn't really attached to him being there. I was, I was okay with it. I created this new scenario. So this is what came to me when you said something about the alarm clock going off and you, and you fall into the patterns. What came to me is a visual to turn off that clock. Look that you, that you go, okay, clock, you're turned off. Okay. I love that. I really do. I've got a warning that um, my dad left us. He left a recording that said, watch out. He's going to try to get everything. And I, it always is right here. So that would be the alarm clock, I believe. It's right in the back of my head. And so when that goes off, you say to have a visual. Yeah? Yes. Well, I always, my visual is just a, it's a spiritual face that has a light that's shining on it. I found it online and it was one of the meditations that we did in class. And it just is this highlighted self that is, you know, light instead of the darkness. And I think that's what's happening is I'm just looking at the darkness, you know, that, that it kind of covers my face. Like when it, when we're talking, I just look dark and feel like, it's not going to work out, but if I could shine the light on, look at the visual, and just say, it is in God's hands. I did, it's my deep desire of my heart to be connected and to shine that light. Okay, I will do. That's just my next, when I'm making the pie with him. 
Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for your comments too. It's good. It's good. Divine, divine experiment. I'd like to share something that's been going on for me this week that um, has been really healing for me, and I, I'm hoping it will be something for somebody else that I <clears throat> will be helpful. Um, so I've had this um, rash on my arm since I went to the condo in Carmel, and um, and I I did some inquiry about it, and it was getting better, and um. And then it started getting worse again this past week. And um, and I was reverting to my old ways of thinking about it, which is on the physical plane. Okay, what am I eating? That might be, you know, is it the eggs? Is it the walnuts? Do I need to eat earlier? Am I, you know, and a lot of um, what I've learned to, what Jennifer says, and I've learned to realize, okay, I'm, I'm in the managing coping mode. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, I used to just live with it, but I'm like, you know, I'm not liking this so much anymore. It's, it just sucks up so much of my time. I mean, it's so, um, you know, not expansive. I mean, it's not like I'm reaching out to love. I used to think it was loving myself and, and I was in the past. That was the best I could do is, is try to take care of myself on that level. I think that's, you know, kind of what I learned in my family. But um, anyway, I finally realized what I was doing and like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Go to the thought level. What's going on in my thinking? And, and, and simultaneously, I was realizing, I mean, I'm so grateful because I have come so far in terms of living with a lot more joy, peace, gratitude, serenity, a lot, lot more than in the past. But um but along with that, I was aware that there's still like this underlying sense of burdenedness, and and I'm working on the accounting for the trust administration, and um, and so that's kind of bringing up some thoughts along those lines. You know, like this is a big job, and um, you know, I wish I could spend my time a different way, and and some things like that. Um, and then an emotional kind of a heaviness about it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do an inquiry. These things, I think they're connected. Maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm coming aware of them at the same time. So I, I took some time and, and um, I, I, I've, um, so I came to a memory that I had from when I was a child. And I think I've only shared it with my prayer partner. I don't think I've shared it in this big group, but it's, it's, I love it because it's very simple, but it's an example of a time when I took in, uh, no, when I, um, I made a meaning of something, um, because I, I want to take responsibility. You know, it's not, I was going to say I took in a belief. So that's that's part of it. But I actually made a meaning. And, and then what I did with it, which was way more than what the experience was supposed to be about, and then how that's impacted my life. And I'm sure it was reinforced over and over again. But this was just one little example. So there was a little example when I was probably five or six or seven years old. And I somehow broke a, a teacup. I think it might have been a china teacup. Okay, I don't remember the specifics. But what I remember about it that's important is that um, 
that my mom had told me before that, like, don't cry and don't be upset about something like this. And so while I had broken the teacup totally accidentally and felt kind of bad about it, I felt good because I was remembering that my mom didn't want me to cry or feel bad. And so I, and I, and I really was in that space, you know, and I went to her and this kind of reminds me of like a course in miracles teaching. It's just a mistake and, and, and be happy that you're learning it. Okay. So I kind of had that inside feeling. I was feeling like I could go to my mom and I could kind of have this two part message. One, I, I broke the teacup. I'm sorry. I know that, you know, you love that and, or liked it and, that that's not a good thing. But I also know that you told me not to cry and feel bad and I'm not, and I feel really good about that. Okay. But, um, so my mom, really a lovely mom, she didn't come down hard on me, but somehow I got the message. I think, I think it was really from her, but who knows? I don't know. Maybe I projected it onto her, but that, that she did need me to show that I felt bad (laughs) to make sure I got the mess, the lesson, right? So I, uh, like David Hawkins talks about, I mean, this is the part that I want to share that I'm getting, how in our innocence, how in my innocence, I, I took it in. It's like, oh, okay, I, so my mom knows I really feel bad. I need to really show that I feel bad. And I can't just show it. I have to actually feel it. So I felt bad and I cried. And, um, and then it seemed to be okay. You know, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of what was needed to like atone for my mistake. So I'd realized that before, but when I was doing this inquiry about this heavy feeling and what's going on with my arms, I was also kind of pondering the question from class a couple weeks ago, how do I punish myself? I had really kind of had a heavy ego resistance from that question, but I was like telling myself, Probably since you're resisting this question, you need to think about it. So please be open. So that was in there kind of rumbling around, you know, how do I punish myself? And, um, and so what I realized is the meaning I made of that whole interaction was more than I previously realized. I, um, I made of it a couple things. One, if somebody else needs me to feel bad in our relationship, they think they need me to feel bad. Um, I should agree with that and do it. And I did. And I got real good at that. So, and, um, but, but then I, the ego, like this is what the Course in Miracles talks about the ego. I generalized it like hugely way past, you know, just be careful so you don't break somebody's stuff to, um, opening myself up to be directed by what other people want me to feel. And in, in my current situation, okay, so this gave me a ton of compassion for myself, my siblings, my uncle, because I realized, well, we've all been taught this. So, okay, so now all these people who were who acting very bully-ish, um, I realize, because they got this lesson. We're supposed to feel bad. We're supposed to feel guilty. We're supposed to, and um, and it's not true. You know, and so I've reworked a couple of times, probably three times now, this interaction with my mother in a way that I think is more in line with the teachings of A Course in Miracles, which would be for her to say something like, I'm so glad, sweetie, that you could come to me and show me this. This could happen to anybody. It's okay. 
and look at you. You're learning. I'm so grateful that you're curious, that you thought it was pretty, that you wanted to explore. These are all great qualities about you. Um, and, and I know you feel bad that you broke it. It's okay. It's just a thing. I, I just love you, and I know you're learning. And isn't it great that we learn from our mistakes? I mean, this is how we learn, and this is we can be happy about this, and I'm glad we could share this. Something like something like that, right? And so anyway, it's really so, – so the connection is um, I learned – defensively how I, the meaning I made was I just should always feel bad. Then, then I'll keep everybody happy. And that's love. <laughs> that's love. Always feel guilty. Always feel sorry. I mean, I feel sorry before I do something wrong. Apologetic, you know, like even now I'm thinking I'm talking too long and I always talk really fast here because, you know, I think I'm taking too much time and I'm realizing it's all, it's all kind of the same thing. It's like it, that belief generalized to this deep sense of unworthiness. It got projected onto this little event. It's all ego stuff. But I'm sharing it because for me, it's just making it really so clear. I, I absolutely know my mom didn't want to teach me that, you know. And so we've, again, like I said, I've done this several times with her to rework it and make it more of a learning that I think would be what spirit would want for me and for all of us. And so... Yesterday, especially, because I, this is when I got these deeper awarenesses, I just was able to live the day with joy, you know? And, and every time I'd even start to slip into any tiny bit of happiness, I'm like, no, no, no. You know, God's will for me is perfect happiness, and I share God's will for happiness for me. And kind of like what Carla was saying, you know, I'm sticking to my happiness, you know? <laughs> I am not going to buy into the ego's message um, that we've all been taught to, to feel guilty and unworthy and unhappy and sad and all, all the negative stuff. So I was so grateful and I realized my arms are kind of like this showing up on my body, you know, me punishing myself in these ways. And, um, yesterday was the deeper layer, but I'd done some work the previous days on, on the same issue. Um, and, and, uh, Lo and behold, my arms are getting better again. <laughs> Even though I've been eating the walnuts and the eggs and not eating as early as I keep thinking on the physical plane is probably the solution to my, because it, it's related to digestion. And then I looked up and Louise had digestive issues today. And it's, um, she, she suggests things like all ideas. I assimilate all new ideas easily. And so I, I realized then what, what was going on for me is um, the mistaken ideas I have are just becoming more and more disagreeable to me in my digestive system. I, uh, and, and, uh, and that's where the toxicity is. It's not in the food. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm taking the digestive enzyme. I'm doing stuff on that plane too, but I'm simultaneously really realizing the toxicity is in the ideas, the um, inability to digest some things is because they aren't true. So um, anyway, that's my share. I'm very grateful. For the learning, like Carlo, like everybody's saying, you know, the learning, it's just every day, so much, so much beautiful learning, and I'm grateful. That's so beautiful. I'm grateful that you took as long as you took. 
Thank you, Carla. I got. I would love to learn to be more brief. I'm not so good at that. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much, Tracy. I love that. Yeah, we talked about this because I um, I struggle with the skin skin and digestive stuff too, and um, I have not uh, seen a genuine improvement in the condition since I started on this path, but, and actually right now it's quite flared up, but um, it's occurring to me more and more that this, uh, this condition has been my greatest teacher and what it's teaching me above all else is unconditional love. And uh, there's nothing like what seems to almost like live in your body that comes to bug you every day or periodically that you spent most of your life wanting it to go away so bad. And you tried everything, everything to get rid of it. And it's, it's still there. And you realize... I don't want to fight you anymore. I don't want to I'm, see you as something that needs to go away. I don't want to see you as something that's unworthy. I don't want to see you as something that's unsightly or ugly or broken. And, um, and all this time, I had no idea that you were here to teach me unconditional love. I really had no idea and I'm so grateful that you did. I'm so grateful to realize that you're here by my request so that I can learn to love myself without condition. And uh, so I'm grateful that the fact that it never went away was teaching me to be at this place of um, peace that's not dependent on it being there or not um and if that was the lesson that i was to learn like all the seeming pain that i went through was totally worth it not that we need to learn that way but you know <laughs> sometimes i'm so dense that i have to be like hit over my head with something in order for me to like really learn it <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, your share was so powerful, everyone. Um, Lori, Tracy, Carla, Sandy, everyone, thank you. And also, Lori, I wanted to share with you, um, so, so uh, stay with me because it might go to a place that you're not expecting, but when I heard you, um, say that you're looking for the fertilizer the the story that came to my mind was one that one of my meditation teachers shared with me and it really stuck with me is that he was in this like uh, isolated um what solitary what do you call that when you're all by yourself out in the desert living by yourself uh just meditating all day not seeing anyone for like two years um 
And he said that in those two years, he was composting his own feces. And it was like the most like, uh, in his words, the most disgusting thing he's ever done. <laughs> but after continuing to do that for two years, the compost turned into like the most beautiful, rich soil that he's ever seen in his entire life. And out of that soil, like, grew these, like, amazing plants and all this, uh, just so much beauty and life came out of that, like, of that smelly <laughs> waste product of everything that we didn't need anymore. And, and what I took away from that is that you just, we just don't know what will be our fertilizer. It could be, um, of course, we need the light and we need the love and all of those things. But even the things that we think are uh, painful or irritating or why are we still being triggered by the same, <laughs> same situation, same person, same condition, whatever it is, like all the judgments, all of that can be fertilizers for uh, our soul, our being, our truth to like just grow out of. Um, and so nothing is ever wasted, including all those uh, painful or sucky moments. So like when, when the shit hits the fan, we could literally use that. To, um, we could compost that and use it as a fertilizer to let like the love grow. So um, that was my share. Thank you. Wow, that is <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm thinking about just Tracy's share and your share about your skin condition and how that can apply to that, um, to the shit and the, the hit in the fan, and also to um, Carla's share on her car because what she was doing is she was having that coming at her. And then she was actually creating the fertilizer that kept, for, you know, saying happiness, happiness. And then it turned out to be just great learning. Wow. What? <laughs> I'm really going to, I am going to be thinking about this one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a story. Really? Thank you for sharing. My that. pleasure. Thank you. I was very hesitant to use the word like feces in the community call, but you know, it's, we're all adults. We can handle it. <laughs> yes, we are. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and Tracy, I just wanted to comment. And Ronnie, I think I've seen you want to talk, so I want to make sure that you get a chance. But I just want, you know, when when you apologized for, you know, taking time or having to be fast, you just had so many nice details that was so influential. I mean, it just, oh my gosh, I just, if all of us could get rid of that block, because one story to the next can lead to a story that Rieko shared or, or, you know, just we've got to be trusting of each story that we tell, that we have the space and the time to tell it. So thank you for giving us that time today, Tracy. And because there was some lots, lots to be learned. And also Rieko got a whole bunch of stuff out of it, didn't she, Rieko? Um, you know, where th that I, it must be something to have. I get physical symptoms, too. 
So I have tennis elbow that will give me physical symptoms of carrying the weight of the world. And um, so, and it is so annoying, but to really realize that it's a trigger or it's a, it's a sign uh, to, to go back like you did, Tracy, and to go back and redo something that is having maybe being part of that experience for you guys. Okay. Thank you. Ronnie, talk. Oh, I've, got, I've been learning a lot. I have a whole page of notes that I've been writing down from all your shares. I so, so appreciate all of them. And I don't think I really had anything that I remember what I wanted to share other than uh, Carla had asked where the high resolve come from. And Jennifer had it on her prayer slash blog. And I did not put a date on it. It couldn't have been that long ago because I actually print that out because uh, I, I really liked uh, that idea of holding a high resolve for or being maintaining a high resolve for whatever we are doing. And uh, no, I think that was all I really, really had to say. I'm just really enjoying listening to all of you and and getting a lot out of it. Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to share one more thing, and I'm imagining many of us might be experiencing it, but, you know, with this kind of just joy and love and welling up, right? I mean, it's just spilling out, and... And I experience it when I'm like out and about. And, and I just wanted to share one example. So I, I, uh, I walk near where I live and, and I love to just stop and chat with people. And I'm particularly drawn to families with young kids because of my specialization working with children. But, but anyway, on this day, just last week, this past week, um, there was somebody out flying a kite, but it was an amazing kite and, and somebody with a lot of skill. Okay. And it was a kite with a very, very, very long tail. And it was some kind of a special tail because you could hear the kite. You could hear the swishing of it. And, um, and it, the beach, I, I walk on a path on the beach. Uh, it's, it's pretty deep beach. I'm like a lot of sand, right? So it's pretty far away from me, but I was just noticing, I mean, looping around and he had the kite like dipping under its own tail and in and out. And it's like, whoa, man, this guy knows what he's doing. This is a good show. I mean, I'm going to stop. I want to watch this. So like a free show. So I'm really enjoying this. So I stopped and there was a um, Hispanic couple sitting on a little ledge and, and they were watching it too. So I just kind of turned and commented to them. I was like, wow, this is really something, isn't it? And we started talking and, um, I'm just kind of amazed how the conversation very quickly moved. She asked me what kind of work I did. And, you know, I told her I specialized in working with young children and their social emotional development and autism. And then she told me she works in a place that has people, old, older people with not older, like adult, young adult people with um, um, autism more severe and, and other kinds of disabilities such that they're in an institutionalized setting. And she told me about one young woman who's 23 years old, who can't talk very well. She can say letters, so she answers, she can answer questions by spelling out words. Um, but that this woman felt she had quite a bit of comprehension. And I, um, anyway, 
I know that there's assistive technology available for people who are at this level. They can, she has enough intelligence to be able to use an assistive technology device type and she will be able to communicate. But so this woman was asking, you know, why might she be like, aggressive and I said well you know a lot of times it's because they can't communicate I mean, they're so frustrated can you imagine I mean can you imagine if you really do have ideas and feelings but you have to spell everything out and pretty much everybody treats you as if you can't think but it's your body it's not cooperating with you um, and so I shared with her that she could maybe facilitate this person getting some assistive technology and that the um, regional center system might help or you know I gave her a few resource ideas what she could do with it and then I just um, went on, but I, I felt so much like um, that interaction was meant to happen. You know, I mean, how weird, right? I happen to stop. I happen to watch. I ha we, she happens to ask me what I do, and we happen to, like, get on this topic like that. The whole thing happened real fast. And, um, and I just was so grateful because um, – and, and I also felt like it's going to be super healing for this woman to be – a part of making that happen for this woman. So the, the woman who has the 23-year-old Kim, um, she's the one who needs the assistive technology device. I'm just going to share it with you in case any of you want to pray. And I didn't get the name of the other woman, but I, I realized, wow, how, how wonderful it's going to be for her to be able to help this person get this assistive technology and um, and she told me that this woman indicates to her that she really likes to have her be her caregiver when she's working as as compared to other people like she'll indicate it to her and she the woman I spoke with just has to say well you know I'm not assigned to you today so it's the other person but I can tell it's because she sees in this person her capacity you know she sees that she does have the comprehension that she does have the intelligence and it's all hidden. I mean, and I've been to conferences with some of these um, people who are autistic but whose bodies are also just severely impacted. They just don't cooperate at all. And they've been given assistive technology, and they're bright, and they have ideas, and they can write and express themselves, and then they can be in relationships. And, you know, so it's – anyway, I was just – I just felt like it was a little miracle or a big miracle. And, um, and I love just, like, letting spirit kind of move through me that way. And I'm betting all of you are experiencing things like that, too. And it's just so great. Pray for Kim. I have uh, something I, I would like to ask. It's been my understanding for a very long time that uh, we do affirmations and intentions versus doing the opposite. Like uh, instead of instead of saying I don't want that to happen, because it's my understanding the universe doesn't hear I don't. The, the universe hears what we don't want, just what we don't want. And But in the David Hawkins book, he talks about uh, canceling out that thought. And 
again today as I read my uh, uh, daily word it talks about um, a practice that aids in this renewal of the mind is the use of denials and aff denials and affirmations so I'm wondering uh, your guys's thoughts on the use of denials or I mean it, to me it's kind of different than what I've been led to believe that we should just use positive affirmations. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I thought about this a lot. Um, so David Hawkins also says that he then adds an affirmation. I am an infinite being. I am not subject to this. So that's where the emotional emphasis and power is. So, and of course, in miracles teaches this too. It teaches that there's a positive way to use denial and then a not constructive way to use denial. Now, a not constructive way is to just deny what's going on. No, I don't have an arm rash and, you know, no, I don't have this burden feeling and I'm just going to be fine. That, well, that leads me nowhere. And that's kind of more resistance. It's kind of like, okay, but the denial that's positive, that's helpful, is to deny that false ideas or what's untrue can hurt us. In that way, it's kind of an affirmation, but you but you add then an affirmation. You know, um, is that helpful? I mean, so the emphasis is on the affirmation, but the the denial part that David Hawkins does and the Course in Miracles does it it it, it is. Um, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know totally how to resolve that um, about, you know, saying I deny that something untrue has the power to hurt me, being a focus on the thing that has to hurt me, except to quickly add a positive affirmation and, and know that's where the emphasis is. I, I, that's, that's where I've landed for now on it myself is know that the affirmation is is the power part uh, but the denial of the power of the false is is still part of the equation part of what I need to do um, okay I hope that's helpful yes thank you Tracy The other thing that came to my mind, Ronnie, is I like what how Jennifer does it when she says, I'm not interested in this anymore instead of, you know, I don't I don't want or I don't need or but I'm I'm just not interested in this anymore. Um, and I like that idea also, Tracy, of and going into the, the positive. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, so is it like, if I had my brother as a comparable to this, is it like, um, I don't know what to do with my brother, but I'm not interested in any anymore? Is it you, you follow it through with um, some kind of, but anything is possible or all is love, you know, I feel like he's um, not listening, but 
I am harmony. I'm trying to correlate. So when I have a breakdown, I have add just a positive about this, an affirmation on top of my complaint, maybe. Maybe it's like I'm not interested in feeling like he's not listening. I'm not I'm not interested in feeling this way anymore. So instead of expressing it at all, think about it. Settle down, be in the present moment, and then think, oh, yuck, yuck. And then I'm not interested in thinking about this anymore. Feeling this all I'm way. interested in is peace. All I'm interested in is abundance. Can I add something? Yeah. I'm really a big proponent of willingness statements. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do? And so I, the willingness statement that came to my head when you were speaking was, I'm willing to consider what I thought was impossible is possible. Bam. Yeah. I am willing to think about the thought that I thought it wasn't possible. I'm willing that it's not, that's not even a truth statement, truth thought. Okay. And that's denying the false, like, Tracy was saying, denying the false and acknowledging the truth. I would love to get this down. <laughs> you are. You are getting it down. That's exactly what's happening now. This is giving you an opportunity to practice this. Hmm. Okay, so an example. So yesterday, okay, my tennis elbow. Oh! Very painful. Well, so I decided two days ago, I don't care about this tennis elbow anymore. And so I, I, in a way, I denied it in a way because I went out and I chopped down trees and I put together uh, drip systems, etc. And I do not have pain today. Is that I am willing to release? Why isn't there pain in my arm today? Why am I just not like having ice packs on this arm today? <laughs> because I gave it up. I gave it up because I wasn't doing yard work thinking that'll hurt me. That'll hurt me. Tracy's right. like, I'm not going to eat that. Radical's like, I'm just, I'm going to, you know, my digest all this stuff. But if we, and then Tracy, you ate walnuts and yet you're getting better. Is it because we make our mind up? Okay, okay, I love it. Okay. It's hard to, who knows how? I don't, I think it's, we don't have to know the how. It's part of Jennifer's book or, or thing. We don't have to know the how. You know, we just, I don't remember it specifically. It's like, let spirit do it, do the heavy lifting, right? Isn't that what? I think the other thing I'm hearing, Lori, that I'd like to share that I've learned with my family is, you know, I I can't change how they think and feel. Um, And and it might take, I don't know how long it will take them. I, I, you know, I know eventually, I mean, I believe that, you know, of course, miracles were, were already perfect, whole and complete and heaven together and complete harmony and love. And that's really what's where we are now. But anyway, in this experience of time and space and form, I, have to take 100% responsibility for my thinking and feeling and my healing. And I 
really am getting it and believing that as I do this for myself, I am sharing it with everyone and I am keeping in mind a lot my own family. So even when I was, everything I'm doing, like what I shared, my arms and this, that heavy feeling, I'm sharing it with my family. I'm sharing it with my, in my mind, not, they're not receptive right now. I mean, or they haven't been. I mean, I don't know about right, right now, but, you know, so far what I've experienced is I try to share things with them and they're just not able to take it in. So it's an irritant to them. And so to keep trying, you know, right now is not my guidance and that might not be your guidance. So, but, um, but just, um, I, I, I am so grateful to be coming to a real peace and acceptance that I'm so limited. I have no idea what's the highest and best. You know, I think I want harmony with my family now, but I have experienced in the past that I have prayed intensively for things that I decided for sure were God's will. It just seems so clear to me. And I got my answer and then it didn't go so well. And so now I'm just so much more willing to say God's will. And, and if it's soon, I'm going to be grateful. And if it's later, I'm going to be grateful. Kind of like what Carl said with the car, you know, I'm going to stick with gratitude and trust, right? I, I know somehow something's being worked out. I mean, it's taken me a really long time on my path to learn what I'm learning. And, um, and maybe my siblings can like do a speed version. I wish them well. That would be <laughs> nice. But, but, you know, if they take as long as I've taken, and I was like kind of where my sister's at now, like 15 years ago, well, I don't know, she might need more time, you know, that's okay. So um, to focus on me and not trying to change anybody else, except in my own mind, knowing that as I heal my mind, since we're one mind, it brings healing to all. I, I find that super helpful. And I want to tell you, Tracy, that you think you're taking, like, this is what, what I took in the fifth year, right? And it wasn't until really this year that I really started getting it. And you're what, second year? No, stop telling yourself that. That is another falsity that you're telling yourself that you don't that deny that thought. Well, I'm very grateful for my progress. I'm just saying, you know, it's taken me. We're all on our path, and, it, and yes. it, different people's paths take different amounts of time and different tools and different things help us. And um, just to be grateful, you know, just don't force myself. Don't give myself. Right. You're, you're right. I'm impatient with myself. You're right. Okay. It's true. <laughs> I am. So don't be impatient with me and don't be impatient with anybody else either because that just doesn't feel good. It's not loving. Yeah, you're right, Carla. Thanks. I got that going. No, I just, we tell ourselves it's so important. And I really, because I don't usually do community calls. In seven minutes, MLC3 community call is going to start. And I'm going to feel I'm going to have to go soon. So I don't want to stop you ladies. Enjoy your time. So I'm just letting you know that if I leave, it's because I, I had to go. I chose to go. <laughs> Thank you, Carla, for being with us today and sharing. Thank you, Carla.
I would like to share what what I'm starting to work on. I've shared in the past about the 75-day prayer that I did, worked on, and Rieko, she joined me, and it ended up being 91 days. And uh, Can you just refresh what the prayer is about, Ronnie? I heard you talk about the 75-day prayer last time, but I don't know what it was about. Well, it was, it's basically uh, the divine experiment that extended and a prayer that I did for 75 days. And I got the 75 days from Lisa Natoli. She was doing something, some kind of a challenge for 75 days. So then I decided, well, I want to do the divine experiment for 75 days. Then it turned into actually a a prayer that's like a page and a half long that was very, very guided. As I was thinking about, well, what what do I want to do for 75 days? What do I want to concentrate on, focus on? And I have lots of different things that enter my mind, but I, but it's in my spirit guided me through the whole process, decided what I was going to work on for 75 days, helped me put the prayer together. And then, like I said, Rieko uh, did it with me and she did it for 91 days. She had decided she was going to do it for 91 days because she was adding meditation to it. And so I decided, well, she's doing it for 91 days. I'm doing it for 91 days, too. <laughs> so we did it for 91 days, and our 91 days was a week ago. So we did it every, we did it every day. Anyway, I loved it so much, I really got a lot out of it. And I was really hoping that I journaled all my insights, because there were so many of them. But I wasn't uh, consistent in my journaling. Other than I know that it was very, very powerful to do that prayer for 91 days. That I have decided to do another prayer for 91 days. And you wrote the prayer? I wrote the prayer. Yeah, wrote the prayer out, guided by spirit, what I wrote. But this time, not only am I doing a prayer, but I'm putting a list together of deep desires of my heart, affirmations, intentions and I'm I'm writing a bunch of those that go along with the prayer so that not only am I saying the prayer every morning but throughout the day I'm going to focus in on the deep desires the intentions the affirmations uh, that all go along what I write that I, I say in the prayer and, and I'm going to do it for 91 days because I, I don't know, there was some, there was a lot that happened between the 75 and the 91 days that was powerful. And it's like, I don't want to cheat myself out of those, what are that? Another 10, 15, 16 more days, 16 more days. Yeah. So it was a little over two more weeks. And, uh, uh, and it, it's, it takes time to actually write the prayer out. And I started it yesterday, and I think it took, uh, it took a good week to do the first one. So I'm sure it's going to take me a good week to put the prayer together and then to add all those other things that I want to do with this prayer, which I didn't do with the first one. But I just think it will be even more powerful to focus in on it throughout the day. Beautiful. 
Rania, what is your next prayer going to be about? Do you mind sharing? Oh, I think you're muted, Rania. Well, my next prayer is about living from my heart. And I know I've shared about the dream I had last year and what I learned about what I, uh, what happened at the spiritual counseling intensive from, and that prayer, how it all fit together. What came down to, I needed to stop thinking in my head and come from my heart instead of my head. Uh, I, I have a lot of, uh, I suffer a lot. <laughs> from the needing to know and understand. So I spend a lot of time thinking in my head. And what I realize is that I start putting in my opinions, perceptions, and judgments that I've collected over the years when I'm trying to make sense of something. So then I come up with the story. I make the meaning out of whatever I've been thinking about. And it's those meanings are so wrong because of where they're coming from. And, you know, I've known since last year, and it was part of my, at the beginning of the year, when we did the reboot about living in my heart, but I haven't really, really focused in on that. Kind of once in a while, and here it is, July. And so that's why I've decided this whole prayer is going to be about shifting from that, needing to know and understand to letting things go. I don't know what anything is for and be willing to accept all that. And so, yes, that's what the whole prayer is about. Beautiful. Thank you. I just feel led to just piggyback on that because the story I told is an example of a meaning I made that I've gone around and projected on life. And so exactly what you're just saying to not keep doing that. And it, when we're trying to think and understand things, we're using stuff like that that's completely wrong. And then and then we're trying to make sense of things and that's why we suffer so I love I love I love that, Ronnie. Mm. And the reasons why I want the deep desire, the affirmations, the intentions is that I want a go to place during the day to go to. Uh you know, we, we give ourselves affirmations all day long, all day long. We have intentions and affirmations that we give, and I find that my, mine can really come a lot from the negative side. And so I want this because I know there's times where, like, I can go for a, a walk for a half hour, 40 minutes, and just just come up with deep desires of my heart, intentions, and affirmations and whole different way of thinking than on my other, you know, in, than I normally walk and think. And so I just want to really like put a lot of power behind this, this, uh, this prayer that I'm, I'm going to be doing for 91 days and basically do it throughout the day. So I'm really looking forward to it. yeah that sounds like that's going to be a beautiful experience thank you for sharing your idea like it you're welcome 
Are we ready to pray out? I think so. Who would like to pray out? Ronnie, would you like to? I was hoping you would react. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I pray in and pray out. Okay. And I'd like to give other people an opportunity. Okay. Even though I love to pray, I love to pray. Okay. <laughs> but I love Rico's prayers. I love other guys' prayers. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, okay. I'll pray out. So we place our hand on our heart and take a deep breath together. There's so much love and gratitude for this beautiful community. We are grateful for all the insights and sharings that flowed through us today that will be shared with all of our brothers and sisters who will be listening later and all those in our sonship, the one mind, our benefits of our healing is shared across the entire universe of time and space. And for this, we're so grateful. We're grateful that we can identify our deepest desire of the heart and connect to it and let it guide us and let it pull us very gently, very lovingly into our life of profound love instead of being pushed by the pain. We're grateful that we can choose again and see ourselves differently to see our inner child, our past selves, our past choices differently with compassion and love and make a different choice now for love and peace and freedom and joining we are grateful for the power of prayer and affirmations, intentions, all the tools that Jennifer has so generously shared with us that we're experimenting with, we're cultivating our own unique experience with God, with the love and light of the one creator so that we could really come to know the truth of who we are. We're grateful to be learning how powerful our minds are and we are willing to let spirit lead us and guide us in how to use this power wisely. <laughs> We're grateful that everything can be used for our good. Everything is for our healing. Everything, every little thing, even the not so pleasant ones, even the painful ones, can all become fertilizers for our beautiful fertile soil of growth, of spiritual growth and expansion. And with so much gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing with all beings everywhere who are one with us. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Thank you all. Beautiful, Rieko. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rieko. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Tracy. Good to see you. Thank you, Ronnie. Bye.
Bye. Bye, Sandy. Bye, Tracy. Bye, Rieko. Bye, Rieko. Tracy.